Eternal Dirtles is a Hipsters of the Coast podcast sponsored by Paragon City Games. You can find out more at patreon.com slash eternaldirtles. Welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me, as always, Nathan Gullia, and also with me uh, is uh, Phil Phil Blackman. Phil is uh, now uh, now a sort of a common third host. So, uh, Phil and Nate, say hello. Hey, everybody. Oh, we're back. We're back. Yeah. This Phil, is Phil, it, it, was, it was a matter of me just put placing a bet with you on m25 and then all of a sudden you just can't you can't get rid of me now yeah literally cannot get rid of you <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 literally in zach's room with him on his computer recording this as we speak that's that's, that's not true at all not true, no, not true. <laughs> we're, although we're i did states, right yeah i did happen to play uh play phil again this weekend <laughs> yeah so you guys really, got to play you guys have to play some vintage very true. Which was pretty cool. Yeah. And then you met up in round was it round three again? It was again in round three, yes. So Zach, were you what were you playing? Were you Steel City vaulting yeah, it or I'm, have I'm you still, now moved on to workshops? I'm still on the Steel City Vault plan. Uh it's you know, it's middling at best. Uh when it's good, it's amazing. When it's not, your opponent probably has out like a blood moon or something. <laughs> <laughs> and Phil, what did you what did you decide to go? You said this was your first vintage event, I think. Yeah, so it was my first vintage event and I've been wanting to get into vintage i don't know for however long like it just always seemed so sweet but there was never really any vintage events happening and now that uh our local geekery is essentially going to be hosting them every month or every other month uh doing 15 card proxy you can pretty much play anything that you want if you have a moderately sized uh legacy collection yeah it's almost cheaper than playing legacy at this point oh yeah especially if you can just proxy all the power yeah yeah, I believe that uh, the so many insane plays guys have uh, have mentioned that that since most events are proxy, it's actually one of the cheapest formats to play. Um, but yeah, so what do you guys do for proxies? Um, I have what some you, pretty nice, nicely mocked up proxies that uh, that I I ordered from the internet. Uh, some of them are alternative art. Uh, like my time walk is it has like uh, Marty and uh, uh, Doc from. Uh, Back to the Future, but I also have some some realish looking ones too, uh, that I that I picked up. I actually remember you buying some of those proxies at I want to say oh, Eternal God. Weekend in 2014. Yeah, those, that 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 gigantic tilt uh, weekend I had when I went three and zero and an zero and three, and it was like I guess I'm just gonna buy some vintage proxy. Man, that yeah, sounds like a, a lot of weekend to me. It was a really <laughs> Bill, you missed this. This was yeah. great because not only did Zach do that, I believe you also bought a foil set of Nimble Mongoose that weekend. Yes, because I did. Because it was a tre- this was the Treasure Cruise uh, Legacy Champs, um, and so Nimble Mongoose was at like an all-time low, and you were like, ah, I think this is going to get banned, so I'm going to just buy these Nimble yep. Mongoose. I got two uh, there, and then I got two at the uh, Legacy uh, Grand Prix that was also a Treasure Cruise Grand Prix, <laughs> so I, uh, for like next to nothing, I picked up my foil mongooses. OG art, of course. And in both of those events, I had Pernicious Deed in my deck. Um. 
and Phil, what are you what are you doing for proxies? So I just I, I I didn't know what to do, so I asked uh, Kev, the guy who was running the event, and he uh -huh. said pretty much if your card has a color, take that basic land and then just write with a sharpie the name of the card on it and what it does. And yeah. so that's pretty much what I did. So I just like am playing a vintage deck that had 15 basic lands in it with writing on them. We got to get Phil some some uh, some sweet proxies though for for vintage if we're, if he's going to keep playing that that's well, I think that's a good idea. It was also it was awkward for me because my entire like for the most part all of my legacy cards are altered because I'm a big altered guy, and yeah. so I'm playing with like these really I think beautifully altered cards that I play in legacy and then basic lands that have writing on them. <laughs> so it was like the dichotomy of my deck was strong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I ended up playing. I didn't know what to do. I was just looking at uh, MTG top eight for like possible deck lists, and I'm looking at a bunch of decks, and I'm like, well, I kind of understand the basic uh mechanics of how like these busted crazy storm decks would probably work but with no practice like i'm probably just going to lose to myself so for the first tournament ever in vintage i just decided to sleeve up some leobolds because uh -huh. you know if you can just play all of the busted draw sevens i figure playing the guy that just says now you nobody gets to do that is a safe bet ended up doing it my deck was a little slow but there was a great moment in game two game two of our match zach so he wins game one. He just storms me out. No, game no, two. this is this is from oh, no, 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 no. That's, game that's right. one. Game two, this is game yeah, one. Game two. So game, you talk about game one. I'll talk about game two. Yeah. So game, so game one. Uh, Phil slams down like a turn two Leovold, and I'm like, oh man, I have all these draw sevens in my hand. I have, I have an ancestral. <laughs> like I've got, I'm gonna go off next turn. Instead, I had to like cast Jace on turn three, which feels pretty bad in vintage. And bounces Leovold and then say go. And he's got a Deathrite Shaman in play, so I assume he's going to attack my death, my Jace with his Deathrite Shaman, play Leovold again, and then I'm going to have to like lose my Jace to like try and go off, um, which he does. Uh, that plan works out. I cast Time Twister, so it shuffles his Leovold back into into his deck somewhere, and um, I. I think I, I just ended up, like, getting Vault out after, like, drawing enough Mana Rocks. Like, I ended up uh, doing, like, uh, you know, Voltaic Key and Time Vault. So pretty much what Jace was that game was, it was a four-mana unsummoned twice that drew me two cards. Uh, yeah, but it and unlocked, you shuffled it, those cards just back in your library. <laughs> yeah, unlocked Time Twister, so it didn't matter. But, Which yeah, was, so let's talk is... about game two. So game two, I open up a hand, and I'm like, oh, this is sweet. I'm going to have a vintage turn. And I proceed to go Mock Sapphire, Black Lotus, Land, cast Jace the Mind Sculptor, Brainstorm, cast a Death Threat Shaman with Force Backup. And I'm like, wow. oh, this this is a pretty this is a pretty good turn. I played a turn one Jace with a Death Right, and I have Force Backup. And then Zach's like, yeah, that's pretty good. And then he's like, I also have a vintage turn. And then proceeds to just go like Mox, Mox, Mox Opal, Mana Crypt. Uh, your 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 turn was just insane. Well, it was uh, like if you remember the sequence. So. So my opener had four <laughs> four Podcast. mana rocks, uh, one land, uh, and uh, and a thought cast. Thought cast was the only action in my hand. So I let uh, I let Phil do his thing, and then I go, okay, I'll draw. I draw a, a ancestor recall, and I'm like, well, I want to protect this because I'd like to cast it. So I play all my things, uh, and I and I cast a uh, thought cast, and I draw another thought cast and a tesseract, and I'm like, oh, well, that's pretty good. Well, I'll play another. Th I'll play my land and I'll play a thought cast. I'm like, okay, drew another two cards, 
And then I'm like, well, okay, awesome. I have I have a lot of cards in my hand that I can use to counter his stuff. So here the we land, go. The land was Larian Academy, right? No, no, no. It was uh, it was City of Brass. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I lamented having to play it because I really wanted a, a Talarian Academy. So uh, the next thing that here? happened was I so I ended up drawing like a Force of Will and and a Misdirection as well, and and so then I was like, okay, well, I'll cast Tezzer at the Seeker, and uh, Phil went for the Force of Will. I I cast a Misdirection to his Force of Will to my Misdirection, and put out a Time Vault and said go. He had a he did have the uh, Death Rite Shaman out to do one damage to my Tezzeret. And then I'm thinking to myself, man, I totally punted on my turn one because when I cast the Death Rite Shaman, instead I could have just held up. Uh, so my my hand that was left over was I had Leovold, Flusterstorm, Force of Will. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to play out this Leovold because I don't have, or Leovold, I'm going to play out this Death Rite Shaman because I don't have a second land. And then I'm going to brainstorm and next turn, hopefully, then have the, the follow up Leo. And I'll have the Force of Will to get me there. And then all of a sudden, I was like, man, if I just like didn't cast that Death Rite Shaman, if I just held up Force of Will to be and pitched the Leo and hold up Fluster, I would have been able to win that counter war. It's true. I and I ended up pitching the Ancestral Recall to, to counter his, uh, uh, force of will, which I was really bummed about because I had spent all my mana. And so it's yeah. just staring me in the face because I'm like looking at this Death Rite Shaman that can't deal lethal to the Tezzeret when it could have just been the Flusterstorm to keep it from getting on the, to the table. Yeah. It's a game of inches sometimes. But like, even though that game only lasted literally two turns, it was sweet. It was a pretty freaking ridiculous <laughs> game. Ten minutes <laughs> on two turns though, right? That's it was... cool. What did you guys... What, so what do you guys think of Vintage right now? Like, what what did you think... What, what, what was there any majorly popular deck that you saw or well i mean i know workshops is probably um that's that's sort of like the the like replacement mentor deck um you generally are playing like consecrated sphinx or or other like larger threats and and you play like a multitude of mana drains um so i played against two big blue decks which i was i i was pretty excited to to see that deck sort of come back after mentor went away um, and that deck mm -hmm. actually has a little bit of game against uh, shops as well, which is which is nice. Um, I I didn't play a shops deck at all. Um, I played Phil's Leovold deck, two of the big blue decks, and um, uh, Dave, uh, who who Phil played in the last round, Dave's uh, Blood Moon deck. Dave came out and just took his uh, Legacy deck, threw some Moxes in there, and started Blood Mooning people on turn one. Yeah, that's a good plan can make workshop into a mountain. Very it was very mountain. good against me because I don't have any he he went turn 1 blood moon turn 2 null rod and I literally have no way to produce blue mana after that. I feel like that used to be a to a go-to strategy like I think you could actually do except that the workshop because it used to be at the workshop threats like you weren't good enough, right? Artifact threats were just not as good as the red threats. Yeah. But that's completely changed, you know, <laughs> over the past couple years especially. Well, more people, more people are playing Fiery Conflux, or Fire Conflux? Fiery Conflux. Yeah. Confluence. Confluence. Uh, that destroys three target artifacts. Yeah, That's which is super good back. on that, <laughs> and then it also, like, the direct damage to Jace, you know. Uh, so people are playing playing that card now in, in uh, Vintage because it's just su it's super good for five mana. 
four mana. It is mm, four it's mana. Four. four mana. So it's it's not only good good there, but it's also like pretty great because it's completely unaffected by uh, Trinisphere as well. Yeah, and you know, four mana destroy three artifacts is. I mean, that's Shatterstorm, but you also get other upsides. So that's good. Cool. I mean, uh, Phil, what were your impressions of the format the first time playing it? So the format, I realized, is the play patterns that you would use in Legacy are very different from Vintage, and that makes sense. Uh, but it's heightened when you're actually in practice, because I would recognize play patterns that would more or less always be correct in Legacy, that just are not how it is in Vintage, because Vintage being powered is just so much faster. Yep. So there were a lot of times where there were games that I just lost because I was taking an aggressive stance instead of a defensive stance by progressing my board instead of holding up additional counter magic. So it happened against Zach, but it also was it happened uh, during another match where I just proactively like played out my Death Rider, proactively played out my Leobold, and put my shields down on counter magic that required mana, uh, whether it was Flusterstorm or something else. Uh, and then that ended up punishing me in those games where I gave them the window to just do all these busted things. So I recognize that to play vintage optimally, you have to get in enough games where you can start recognizing the play patterns that uh, will matter against certain styles of decks. I feel like one of the things I noticed about vintage is that there's so few, like since you play uh, power and, and especially moxes and artifact lands that, you know, you're you have to really decide about your opening hand if it's only got moxes, especially if it's only got off-color moxes, um, and only one land, especially in a wasteland format, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the hardest things because, like, it, it's it's like you were saying, like you had a first turn Jace and Deathrite when you really just wanted a first turn Jace, right? And first turn Jace is still probably because it's the most you can get out of using your mana. I'm assuming you had Lotus on that turn. Yeah, I had Sapphire Lotus. Sapphire Lotus in the land. And uh, so you went for um, your your Jace and a Death Rite, which would be like an insane opening in Legacy, which is also impossible, I think. Um, but, uh, you know, in Vintage, yeah, it's like, you know, Jace is probably going to be enough to get you through. You don't need to establish your board as much. Right. right and I, I realize they're going to invest so many resources into on their turn. They're going to use a lot of resources where and Jace in in that kind of like you don't need death rights great in that situation or ordinarily but you don't need it in vintage because you have Jace already. You made a, a good point. Something that I noticed uh, over the course of the it was only five five rounds that we played. Uh, but one thing that I did notice by the end of it is that vintage is way more stack based. It cares about the stack way more than it cares about the board. Oh yeah. Um, unless I guess if you're playing against shops, I never ran into that matchup. But aside from that, uh, comparatively, where Legacy is sort of toned down and there's now it's more about board, a lot more about board presence, unless you're playing against Storm, uh, where in Vintage, even the blue decks are more stack-based decks uh, because so few people are playing the same amount of removal. Like, removal is pretty much few and far between. Like, I played zero actual creature removal in my main board, and at no point did I miss it. Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, uh, it, most most removal is like a dual a dual sort of situation. Like a braid is super good in in vintage because it, it answers two problems. Um, and for the two mana, it's like two mana doesn't make much of a difference between like zero and three mana. 
there's not much of a difference, right? Like, or, or, like one in three mana, there's not much of a difference. Zero in one mana, there's a difference. But um, being able to um, have those choices where you're like, oh, I could kill this artifact that's really screwing me over, or, oh man, like that creature is going to kill me. I need to do something about it. You almost always want to just have something that gives you more options. So like Abrupt Decay is like tweaked slightly higher. Um, yep. In decks that can play it, like most decks don't really play play Abrupt Decay, obviously. But a Braid is one of those cards that like is is a real all star in the in the control decks. Like the the big blue deck I was talking about is really a a, a, a rug list that plays uh, uh, basically Ancient Grudge as its green card. Yeah. The other thing that I mean that also it being two man I think is a huge deal just because I ran into a ton of mental missteps. Oh yeah, yeah. Mental so, misstep is 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 a card that um there there's a lot of controversy around mental misstep and whether or not it's going to be uh ban banned uh restricted in the future um and and most people just aren't sure yet it, because the card is just so uh it's such a huge part of a lot of the blue decks like choice to play against other decks and like other decks kind of have to play it because they know that your opponent's playing mental misstep they're thinking about the the thought process about restricting it is about like just adding diversity to decks and clearing up some slots that like if you if no one ha can play four mental missteps then we can open up three slots in pretty much every deck dude i was there were there were many a counter war where it went misstep misstep force misstep like you're just misstepping each other's missteps yeah yep. that was something it's, that happened it's very miserable yeah. it's it's super obnoxious and, uh especially when you're a deck like mine that just wants to put a goddamn uh, key onto the goddamn table. Like, let me put it on. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta get that word of invention. Yeah. All right. Well, so moving on. I, and you guys did this when I was when I was sick, and uh, I, I, uh, I'm sad I missed it, but I actually think it's kind of funny now to watch uh, you guys discuss it. And that's the M25 predictions you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, uh, we started to get some uh, some. Some things this week. So, what do you think overall? Uh, I guess we'll start with you, Phil. Like, what do you think overall about what they've spoiled so far? Like, are you happy with this set? Do you think it's going to be good for good for Legacy? Yes, I. Well, first off, I'm just amazed that we have this many correct to begin with. I thought honestly we were going to get maybe one or two, and that was going to be it. But we both have like close, like eight or nine or something like that. On the whole, though, I think M25 is going to be actually a super impactful set when it comes to legacy uh and i think so because the reprints that they're doing are making it so some decks all of a sudden can just be um in the thresh of other budget decks like right now you think of burn and we we were talking we think of dredge uh but now with the reprint of port at rare and thalia is getting another reprint that dnt all of a sudden is going to just be like a 400 450 dollar deck yeah because caracas has been reprinted multiple times wasteland has been reprinted multiple times now port at rare thalia is getting another reprint the most expensive cards in the deck ultimately are just going to be like the conspiracy cards like uh, the recruiter <laughs> yeah and yeah. which is crazy you know there's no 300 card in that deck or not even a hundred dollar card in that deck right like there's nothing uh you know assuming that port maintains its cost of of 50 right now there's there's nothing in in this deck that's over like 50 bucks which is uh you know when you're looking at entering a format that's that's the sweet spot 
we're getting into the realm where Cavern of Souls might just be the most expensive card in a tier legacy deck. Yeah. You and, know? And well they haven't they haven't announced anything from Avicen Restored yet, and Cavern of Souls is Well they did they did announce uh what's it called? Uh Gisella. Oh they did announce Gisella. Gisella, Gisella, Gisella and Amalia. Amalia was in Dark Ascension. Oh okay. But yeah, okay. Um I have the whole but, list in yeah, okay. front of me. Yeah, I bet I bet they're not pretty. <laughs> I, I I'm gonna say I'm shocked that they are reprinting both port and Imperial Recruiter in this set. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, th- that's a huge windfall for a lot of people that are just looking to play different decks in the format. One and Port is a is a card that like lets you get into a lot of a lot of other decks that aren't just like you know the blue deck that includes yeah. Force of Will. I'm not even upset that I we haven't seen Force of Will and probably won't see Force of Will in this set because you're you're getting stuff like Port, you're getting stuff like Chalice, uh, you know. And snaring bridges back, um, and, you know, Phil. We should talk about the the picks we've gotten right so far, actually. Yeah, there and some of them. Now that like the picks are be or the cards are being spoiled, there are some that I go, oh, of course, like that is fairly obvious. Uh, You're talking about Ishin Shade, right? Well, you just got yeah, you got that <laughs> one today, and that one was amazing. But I was just thinking, like, how did neither of us just choose Giant Growth, right? Yeah, like that, that it's just so obvious. Well, and I like I got blinded by force of nature. Like, you know, I, I'm kind of waiting to see what happens because they haven't. So they've got Savannah Lions, right? But they've basically printed a boon from every color: Dark Ritual, Giant Growth, uh, Lightning Bolt. We'll consider uh, Brainstorm our boon. That obviously they're not going to print Recall. Um, but do you think they're going to print a boon for for White? I think it's Savannah Lions, is it not? Well, boon a boon cycle is is part of the like three for one mana situation. Oh, oh, oh sure. So I mean, if you consider Savannah Lions giving you three total power and toughness, that's. I, I think. I mean, I I just figured that the, that that cycle was Savannah Lions because, you know, they're not going to white always got the bad end of that cycle. Oh yeah, so. for sure. Yeah. I mean, I I I'm not against that, and technically, like I said, it is three power and toughness total. Um, so I, I'm not even upset if that's if that's the case. But I feel like, you know, I don't know what else they could even do with white because uh, there's no, like, one mana 3-3 three, three or something like that, you know? Well, yeah, there isn't, unfortunately. They Not could print white. that cat or whatever. Yeah. From, Isamaru? Uh, Isamaru, yeah. Well, I mean, my thing about the port and Imperial Recruiter being printed, and you guys both got port, which was <laughs> which is interesting because in Portal 3 Kingdoms, neither of you guessed Imperial Recruiter. Yeah. And we I, just didn't and I was wondering, if you, did you guys talk about it? Yeah, you we did. We did. We were like, we, we didn't expect them to do that or like Imperial Seal. Yeah. I mean, if you can do Imperial Recruiter, there's no the, Imperial Seal is not off the table. I don't think it's on the table right now, but I think that that's a card that could be reprinted in the future. Yeah. I also just thought because the only deck in like tournament play, at least that was that played Imperial Recruiter was Painter, and that deck ceased to exist with the top ban. So. It just didn't even cross my mind that that was a card that people even wanted to see reprinted, just because well, it was are, not, it was like not on my radar. There are guys like Etai that play that red white uh, deck, uh, that's basically it's shops it. plus red. The original Luren builds played Imperial Recruiter instead yep. of Recruiter the Guard too, um, but I mean even that's like they've gone away from Recruiters at all. I mean that's not that's not I mean it's just it's a big it's a big swing because i was like when i saw imperial recruiter i was like oh i bet they're not reprinting port because imperial recruiter is a huge 
uh, money card. Like yep. that's a that's the biggest. I'm, I think that's probably the most expensive card that's ever been reprinted. Because that's what like, like a two hundred dollar magic card. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Mana mana uh, crypt wasn't that expensive. And mana drain they were never over two hundred. Imperial recruiter was definitely like, you know, people were paying you know a lot of money for it. So. <clears throat> Excuse me, but uh, the fact that you got both of them, it's interesting because they talk about like managing the reprint equity, and now I think what we're going to see is, is is interesting because a lot when they unban Jace, a lot of those lands that are in modern, those like fair deck lands, you know, your fast lands, your mm-hmm. your man lands, they all went way way up, and now those are, I mean, those are going to be on par with fetch lands in terms of expense, and they're not going to get reprinted in this Cliff set. Black is a so forty dollar card right now. Yeah, and I got rid of mine at twenty. I was like, it'll never be more than twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I have two. Um, <laughs> I uh, I also like like a chump. I had my ensnaring bridges and my chalices listed to sell, and then took my store down just because I was I sold a lot of the cards, and I was just like, all right, I'm done with this for now. It's a lot of running to the post office. And now they're both been reprinted. So good job by me. Um, but that's a, and then you have Jace. I mean, there's there's gonna be some big. It's gonna be a big uh, big lottery i guess you know there's gonna be some thrilling openings yeah Yeah, i think this the the reprints in the set are unbelievable uh and i uniquely the one that i'm most excited for is that brainstorm artwork oh the online brainstorm artwork Uh, just just let me have all of them why do people like that i don't i don't have an opinion it's a brain that's storming it's literal it's it's a literal (laughs) brainstorm it's okay and and also the artwork is just like got it I can't. Um, I like uh, Nate's, so Nate's response to to our answer was. <laughs> I mean, I, I've seen so it. I, actually, those are my brainstorms online because they're just the oh, ones yeah. you get. Same. So, well, I, I'm, I'm looking at really I'm looking good. at your list now. I'm looking at your list now. Um, and like uh, Grim Tutor. I mean, that's I'm, maybe I don't know. Right? Like how like, much is that card now? Grim yeah, Tutor. It's, it's it's got to be like uh, close to two. I want to say. Let's find out. Uh, keep yeah. talking while I it's, figure that out. SCG player or TCG player low is one eighty nine ninety nine. Yeah, that's so. That's you know, and that's here's, like here's the thing about it can be done. It can happen. Yeah, here's the thing about Grim Tutor. Uh, I don't think it's a playable card anymore. <laughs> it's not. I mean, honestly, but that, is it is it not like a playable card four. because people don't have access to to it to play? You know, like it might not be a storm card, but like it might go in other decks. Like Doomsday is not a playable card. Well, they love reprinting it though. Yeah. Doomsday. You don't just lose when you crack a fetch land and cast Doomsday like an opponent of mine did once. He like cracked a fetch land and 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 uh, played Grim Tutor. I said that resolves, and I started picking up my cards. He's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "The game's over." Yeah, you have lost. <laughs> you just lost three, lose three life. You're like resolves. Um, You're in he's zero. Like, oh man. <laughs> um. But uh. But yeah, I mean, it's gonna really test the. I think we'll see, like, you know, Imperial Recruiter, like Phil was saying, like, can can that can that card be salvaged? Like, is that something that people need to brew with to uh, to get some more value out of? I mean, that's that's a card after my own heart. I want to get some limb duels, paladins with that thing, but I've never Ooh. had the. Uh... <laughs> I, I think that's gonna be the difference, right? When if right now it it only saw play in Painter and that was it. 
but if you were a painter player, you had to commit to getting a set of recruiters for like twelve hundred bucks or whatever at the time. Yeah. So now, if they're just going to be readily available for a reasonable price, maybe people can start actually then brewing with that deck or a deck that wants to play the red recruiter as opposed to the white recruiter. Uh, and that might open up new decks where all of a sudden it becomes a more playable card because there's just now new technology around it. You know? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, well, the interesting thing... Go on. I was going to say, the, it's interesting because you said, like, once they were printed, printed Recruit of the Guard, which is a thing that can fetch Liquor List and then use Imperial, or Recruit of the Guard again, like, it's actually funny that there's even... The red, the red Death and Taxes deck now doesn't even play Imperial Recruiter. There are more red Death and Taxes decks now because... Um, Recruiter of the Guard has been printed, and we gets Magus of the Moon and Flicker Wisp and all that stuff, and Dire Fleet Daredevil. You know, they don't even need the Red Recruiter. But like, what about some sort of red and other and some other color with some other cool? Like, this is, hasn't been the incentive to try it. I think maybe we will now. And I love that. I like that. I hope that it happens. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that that being said, maybe we should talk about the picks we've gotten right so far, Phil. I'm down. Uh. All right, so in Alpha, uh, I correctly chose Lightning Bolt. Yeah, I, I went against it thinking that they were going to do it just because it's such an easy reprint that they can throw anywhere else. It means not over yet. It's not over standard, yet. I was like, not yeah. over for Force of Nature Yeah, yet. Force of Nature could be a thing. So let's skip, a, uncommon. let's skip to the next correct uh, set. Well, uh, Bolt has already been spoiled, though. Yeah, Bolt, Bolt's in. I got Bolt for, for sure. Right, right, okay. But But they might give you... Force of nature, we don't know yet, because uh, oh, so that, many that cards from win. from from Magic Limited have been have been spoiled. That there's there's definitely room for more. Um, I think the thing I'm most upset about is that I literally chose every five color card except Conflux. Yeah, that's pretty great. And then Conflux is the one that shows up in the yeah. set. Yep. Uh, let's let's skip to the next correct pick. Uh, the two of us had. Uh, collectively, the two of us. Uh, Legends, you got Nicol Bolas, correct? Got it. I honestly thought that they were going to put it back with the original him reading a book artwork. Uh, it makes sense that they didn't, just because they want to keep their characters like updated. Yeah. Uh, but I, when I went to go see the spoiler and I saw that it was the new artwork, I was like, oh, I thought it was going to be with the book. But it still feels good to get that pick. I, there's I, a rights issue with all the art yeah, from yeah. before. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. There's, yeah. a, there's a whole... Uh, to, to give you a quick idea of what's going on with that... Um, so they have to pay uh, for the original art, I think pre-5th edition, maybe 6th edition. That art is under a completely different um, contract, and they get like royalty fees on that art. Um, oh, whereas okay. like the new, the new uh, art, 6th edition and prior, is under a completely different contract. So you'll probably never see anything reprinted with that old art ever again. Um, okay, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Unless it's like a judge foil, which they don't have to pay as many um, yeah. royalties. Right. Right. So so then we go to the dark, where I'm really surprised bo- neither one of us chose Blood Moon, because duh. But uh, you got Ball Lightning, correct? Yeah, I thought that that one was just easy. I, 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 I just was like, nothing else seemed to be sticking out to me in the set. But I remember like anybody who played uh, early 90s or mid-90s, just all have a story about ball lightning. Oh, yeah, so of I was just like, that's, that's gotta be a card that they're going to put in the M25 as a thing that people want to recall the, the great memories of slamming the original six one. Yep. Uh, then um, we skip to homelands and, uh, I correctly chose Ishin shade. 
I can't believe they didn't pick serrated arrows for that one. I was just like, I mean, Ethan said, I get it. It makes sense. But like, serrated arrows was the only card that saw competitive play. Yeah. Uh, Autumn Willow saw competitive play. This is also oh, yeah, true. Yeah. Autumn Willow is on the reserve list. Oh, um, it is? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Any card, this is, this is the conversation we had. Any card worth printing is on the reserve list. Um, Homeland? From Homelands. Uh, so then we can skip down to Stronghold. So it took us, what, another three years before we got one right. Uh, and I chose Ensnaring Bridge. That was a good pick. Yeah, that and was And they moved it up one. to Mythic. I was not expecting that. I I don't hate that. I don't want more of them to be out there, honestly, but they did need to reprint it. <laughs> they needed a reprint. I, I think it's more interesting that they just didn't want multiple Ensnaring Bridges showing up in Limited. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's really what it comes down to. Um... So then we can skip uh, another year plus into the future, and we have Mercadian Mask. We both chose Rashid Import. That, was there really anything else that was even in contention? It Nothing was, else was uh, as as hot for a reprint, right? No. I mean, what, Brigand? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess you could go with Misdirection again. Yeah, Misdirection, you know, is fine. Um, so we, we're, we're solidly out of the... Um, uh, reserve list uh, problems at this point, and the next card, the next card that we chose was another four years into the future, almost to the day, um, which was Chalice of the Void. Yeah, I'm impressed I that you guys that, both went with Chalice there. That was, I think that was just because it's like th th there are cards that we know that have a bunch of heat on them to be reprinted, and that just. Yep. We both that just struck out as one yeah, that for sure. we both saw. Yeah, there's no reason to not be reprinting Chalice of the Void at this at this point. Too, too many decks need it. It's it's far too expensive, even for what it does. It's far too expensive in price. Um, yep. I'm it, hoping they do what they did last time, where they just reprinted a card and then banned it. I'm cool with Chalice oh, of the Void yeah. getting the hell out. The, <laughs> what is the what is the sensation divining top of this set? Is it Jace the Mind Sculptor? <laughs> No, that, dude, dude Jace isn't doing anything in no, modern. No, I'm Nobody cares. Like, I, I'm just saying, like, are they just going to be like, ah, reband? Um, anyhow, good. Uh, so the next, the next one we got right was you. Uh, four years into the future, uh, a chroma angel of fury from Planar Chaos. Yeah, they 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 had to put an chroma in there somewhere, right? Like, there was no way they were going to do a Masters Twenty Five set, and their you know their biggest angel outside of Sarah is just like not going to show up. Yeah, a chroma uh, was in Legions, huh? Yep. Uh, that's a good. That was a good pull, Phil. I, I'm. A, I'm, I'm really I, I just figured that, that there was no way that they leave a chroma out, and I forget what I chose, but I remember there was a reason why I didn't choose white a chroma. So I was just like, I they have just to put it in the dinosaur the, white a chroma. Your your thinking was the morph mechanic. You thought that they would include the morph mechanic because because of how iconic it was. Oh sure, yeah. Um, so uh, we can skip from February 2007 to May 2008. Where we both got two different cards correct. Uh, I chose Filterlands. You chose Curse Catcher. It's crazy that we like actually netted win wins on two different picks, yeah, right? That's pretty good. That um, Curse Catcher reprint pushes uh, Mono Blue Martyr into uh, budget deck territory for Legacy. <laughs> <laughs> that deck um, wasn't already budget. Well, it had four Fluster Storm. I just got. It had four Fluster Storm, which just got reprinted. Oh, it yeah. also had, uh, and it also had Curse Catcher was creeping up. That's like almost twenty bucks. Yeah. Use four main deck Fluster. Yeah, because you won by you won by making a huge uh, Niv Magus Elemental with Fluster Storm. <laughs> oh God, that's amazing. Um, Spice. 
Okay, so uh, then we skip to uh, July 2009 for M10. I had Master of the Wild Hunt, correct? That was a great pick. Like I, I went with the Titans, right? You went with Ponder. So you Ponder. Oh, I went with Ponder there. Yeah. And I, I mean, just like Master of the Wild Hunt is, I think, of all the cards that they've started to spoil, makes so much sense for limited play. Like you need something to round out your mid-range decks. Yeah. And it was just like really popular, and it just makes total sense. It's a, I, I assume it's a commander all-star card. Oh, I'm sure it is. It's also a big cube card too. Oh, okay, yeah. So, good pick. Nick fit too. The yeah, Nick, fit, uh, Nick card. fit as well. Yeah. <laughs> Play, I played against a master of the wild hunt. I never played one. That's but I played against it. So yeah. Um. So then we'll skip to February 2012, Dark Ascension. We both chose Thalia. And that one, that one was just like I. You walk around any tournament hall, and all of a sudden, dealers were buying Thalia's for like fifteen bucks. Yeah. It's like, geez, that card needs a reprint after Modern Humans became a thing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we skip a little bit further into the future to Journey to Nyx, where we both chose Eidolon of the Great Revel, and that pushes it as far as what we got right so far. But still, not not too shabby. Do you notice that there's a a, a a pattern that all of the most of the cards that we just mentioned for reprints are all just like the most hateful of hate cards. Oh yeah, for sure. Chalice, Incinerary Bridge, Ch- uh, Thalia, Eidolon. What's well, also like, funny, like you Rashad know, and Port. Port. <laughs> if if you look at our list, there's a lot going on in our list at the end where it, it's so obvious if you're gonna print like a legacy playable set. And we both look at this and we're just like, yeah, this is the card. Yeah, this is the card. We have so, so many of the same picks the later you go into Magic's history because you're, there's just nothing else that you want that like would be worth having in a set like this. Um, that it's it's kind of funny that like we were just like, well, it's going to be Collected Company for Dragons. It's going to be Kalidus for Oath. Like stuff like that's kind of kind of funny to me that like the further you go towards the present, the more obvious the pick is. I think Do we know what the last is, set is that's going to be in this? We don't. Uh, so far, the last set that's going to be in this is uh, Commander 2016, Ash Baron, right? Yeah, I feel like that just came out. Yeah. And th- they know that was a that's a big popper card, so that really needed a reprint. And we didn't even pick anything for Commander, so or or M M14 or 15, oddly enough. I think there's also <laughs> I think one thing that can can probably be deduced from these the picks that they have put into this set is i mean one they obviously if you're going to do a reprint set you need to fill it with reprints that players want to make their cards to be make cards more accessible yeah Uh because otherwise they're just not going to sell anything right so from a business standpoint they need to put cards in that people want we call that the iconic masters clause right but they're paying attention to like taking note of that like Every single card outside of like ones that are rounding out limited for the most part are all home runs in terms of cards that we could all agree need reprints. Yeah. Like for the most part, like every mythic that isn't solely for flavor purposes, like a nickel bolus, is pretty much or a chroma is like a tournament constructed playable card. Yeah. And I think that's smart. I think it means that they're listening to players that want to play those cards and they're paying attention to secondary market prices. Yeah, and thankfully they're paying attention to secondary market prices and trying to crush those prices down a little bit for us too. Yeah, the port well, at rare is I, I no, but nobody thought port was going to be at rare ever. It's classy. It's was, a classy that, nod, that was a honestly. Thing. Yeah, yeah. To make it at rare, I think is a good call. 
and they still make it so your older player ports uh, will still hold their value because it has the original artwork, and that original artwork is classic. Oh, it's super sweet, so too. Yeah. I think they, the they, they, yep. they gave it a good nod where they put it at Rare, which means that more people will be able to obtain it for a cheap price, but then they didn't just totally uh, backhand the players who already had ports because, honestly, I think the older port artwork is amazing and there's still going to be a lot of players that are going to seek that out yeah i mean how how tilted are you going to be the first time you get beat with somebody that has a four old uh four new uh port things it's like you can tell that he just bought his deck for four hundred dollars the day before well you know who cares yeah i'm, I'm not I'm, actually, I'm not mad I'll about be, it i won't be, be mad about just, that yeah. yeah no it's good losing, because new like, people are getting into the format it's great yeah I think the more of that that happens, the like, you know, it, modern has taken off, and I think it's be. I think modern has taken off because it's like the affordable legacy. Like I think if legacy and modern were at the same price point for entry, oh, people would play legacy, legacy would easily be the, the the most played format. Yeah, in a second for sure. It's just you're doing more fun things, honestly. Like yeah, why would you why would you play infect in a in a format where you can play. Zero mana plus two plus two when you can play zero mana plus four plus four, you know? Yeah. Well, and man, Modern has managed a different way to make it distinct from Legacy, I think, for that reason. Because otherwise, well, until they just unban Jace the Mind Sculptor, yeah. which I think is going to change Modern a little bit. But, like, um, the way Modern was, it, it was kind of like, it was always like a thing where it's like, oh, this this Modern deck feels like a Legacy deck, Right. And uh, that 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 was not always true. That was like sort of a that was just like a thing that you could do in modern, like have a legacy style deck with Death Shadow or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, but modern has like its own personality that they've managed on purpose, I think, to make that a real definition. So it's not just like I'm playing this format because it's cheaper. It's I'm playing this format because it gives me a certain play experience. So or at least they've tried to go for that and not made it super busted with hypergenesis and stuff like that. They, they they've just taken out. So yeah. And I think it would be great if, since the only real price restriction on Legacy are the dual lands, if that's if they can get their reprints to a point where, not that every card is worthless, but that people who have played Modern will more or less already have cards that they can then, no pun intended, port into Legacy, I think that's going to be ideal for the format. That way, they're always going to be incentivized to then support Legacy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like Especially with this kind of set, where a lot of cards are only legacy playable, that means that they're going to continue doing things like the Team Pro Tour, where all of a sudden they're giving the nod to legacy and supporting legacy in a big way, and that's only going to get more players into the format, which is only going to increase the demand for the format, and I think that's good for everybody. Yep. Agreed. Uh, one other thing I should mention is that we have yet to see a card spoiled from the Urza's uh, Saga trilogy. Um, so I'm, I'm super looking forward to seeing what that card ends up being. Oh, let's be real. They're just going to choose like, you know, Urza's lens or something, something just so innocuous because that those sets were so busted and they don't want, you know, like <laughs> there's a but, lot of cards in those sets that, um, are strong, but not busted anymore. They were busted at the time, like mind over matter, you know? Yeah. Oh, that would be a great reprint. Oh, that might be on the reserve list. Uh, the reserve I will list tell you right now, it is not on the reserve list. Yeah, and it's twenty bucks. Oh no, it is on the reserve list. Oh, I missed it. It's yeah. it's it's yeah. Saga, or sorry, it's. Uh... Uh, I'm not even right. It's an Exodus, so never mind. Ah. I'm just thinking because in that deck. <laughs> no, so the, um, to give you to give a quick, uh, what is on the uh, reserve list for these sets? 
Argothian Worm, Baron Master Wizard, Sentinel Centaurs, Cradle, Gilded Drake, Great Whale, Herald of Sarah, Karn Silver Golem, uh, Lifeline, Lightning Dragon, Morphling, Opal Archangel, Sarah Sanctum, Pillarian Academy, Temporal Aperture, Pine Spiral, Yogmoth's Will, Zephyd. Uh, then you've got Deranged Hermit, Grim Monolith, Memory Jar, Morrow Sorcerer, uh, Multani Morrow Sorcerer, Palancron, Radiant Archangel, Ring of Gix, Second Chance. Then in Legacy, uh, oh, looks like I copied. Uh, oh, here we go. Uh, so we've got a Academy Rector, Carnival of Souls, Covetous Dragon, Donate, Masticore, Metal Worker, Opalescence, Phyrexian Negator, Powder Keg, Rafelos, Replenish, Treachery, Yavmaya Hollow, and Yogmoss Bargain. Those are the cards we cannot see in this set. And everything else so, up for grabs. Tough luck, anybody who wanted their Ring of Gix reprint. Yeah. <laughs> you uh, you'll get never get that, that cheaper, uh, what is it, uh, Icy Manipulator. It was a yeah, six-man I mean, Icy Manipulator. The, the cards that you listed, the ones that are, you know, eventually those cards are just going to be obscenely high. Like, uh, what was the you said? Um, Cradle and Sarah Sanctum are probably the two cards that. Sarah like, Sanctum and also what's the the two mana rock that you that makes three mana that you said? I Grim Monolith. Grim Monolith. Yeah, ooh, Grim yeah. Monolith is also going to be a bajillion dollars. Yeah, Grim Monolith was like twenty five dollars for a while. I'm sure it's up to like fifty or sixty now, if not more. I, I just used traded to play a those, plateau for one. So. I used to play <laughs> those as uh as uh my moxes in vintage when I played in non sanctioned events. Or sanctioned events, sorry. Like the decks that would play that are playing four of that, so it's like yeah, you're you're either all in on that type of deck or you're not. But yeah. the fact that it's a powerful, it's one of the more powerful mana rocks, and it's on the reserve list means that eventually it's just going to be another moat yep. where it just becomes a million dollars. It's a seventy dollar magic card currently. Yeah, and that's like we we said that sounds like it's a lot, and in a year and a half we're going to be back here, and it's going to just be like two hundred and fifty bucks, and we're going to be like, oh yeah, of course. Yep. I'm looking at the un the unreserved cards now. There's some interesting ones. Abundance is not on the reserved list. That's yep. a cool card. Abundance That's is a rare a... though. Maybe maybe out of rares. Um, Argothian Enchantress is on the reserved list. Yep, just reprinted. Um, yeah. Attunement is on the reserved list. Back to basics, which you guys guessed. Um, is like Enchantress? Said, that's what I'm Did Enchantress get reprinted in this set? Did I miss it? it? In Eternal Masters. Oh, okay. Um. Caltrops, that's a cool card. Carpet of Flowers. Masticore uh, is uh, definitely reserved. Yeah. Uh, Cloud of Fairies. Powder Keg. Crawl <laughs> Space. Crop Rotation. That is going to reserve. Curfew. I mean, I love Curfew. It's my favorite flavor text. Uh, Defense Grid. That could use a that could use a reprint. Yeah. Again, though, it's like what you know. I don't know how these fit into uh, into uh, the limited format, but there's 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 definitely some stuff they can do there. Um, so we're gonna cl- we're gonna close out here. Uh, we're gonna be in Worcester this week, right, Phil? You and me. Yep. We're uh, gonna... I think we're going to see a whole bunch of what we normally see, which is like a bunch of a bunch of Grixis Delver and a bunch of lands and a bunch of other stuff. But you're gonna be bringing some hotness, am I right? Yeah, I'm bringing the Hollow One deck. I think I'm gonna unless I chicken out or and we don't hit our Patreon uh, goal. Um, uh, and I, I and I chicken out, but I probably won't because I'm playing it so much. And every time I'm like, oh, "This deck is terrible," I have like some super busted turn and win like a round I definitely shouldn't have. Um, 
the other night it was against like the Epic Storm, where I was like, oh, I'm playing against Storm, I'm going to lose on turn two, but instead I beat him on turn two. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, and then just like had Fluster Storm in game two. Oh, I've started playing blue version of the deck. Maybe I'll send it to you, Zach, for the show notes. Yeah. I have a very light blue splash. As far as I know, it's the only legacy blue deck that doesn't play Brainstorm or Force of Will. <laughs> um, but it's the blue is for careful study and is, is at charm, which is great, and then Fluster Storm out of the board. Um, and some bounce because Merit Lage is a pain. But yeah, I've been playing online so much, but I've been playing just constant like lands over and over, and that's a really hard matchup. Um, lands is also super cheap online comparatively to yeah. um, paper. Yeah, and I'm sort of I'm sort of banking that I'll see more like Deathrite, Leovold decks, which are pretty are, have been pretty favorable so far. Um, I, I was having some trouble with the, those versions of those decks that also like had an instant win button, like food chain and allure in, but, um, I've learned a little bit more how to like sequence in those matches. I've been playing those. I played those a couple times. Um, Grixis Delver is not as favorable as I thought originally, but I think still very, very good, uh, or still like pretty good. And, uh, death and taxes is, is been short up. So I, I'm actually, I'm really liking the deck. Um, I I, uh, I also like when I like put something on the stack and my opponent is just like kind of sitting there for like watching their clock tick down like 10 seconds, 15 seconds, 20 seconds. Like why is this person playing this card? Like the sequence of like wooded foothills, basic mountain, flame blade adept is <laughs> just you know there's nothing. To, and you're to in like the that, X3 so. spot or the 3X spot, and they're like, what? Yeah, that's what, right. What's yeah. going on? How's this, the deck how's this guy winning? I, I will say this, but stats-wise, it is exact. I think I'm exactly 500. <laughs> I have like a four and one, and a one and four, then a three and two, and a two and a three, and I'm four and four with it in paper at, at Paragon uh, over the past couple of weeks. Like it's like almost exactly 500, and I think you know what? I think I'm gonna take. I think I'm taking that. Like I don't want to play Grixis Delver and be bored out of my mind and still not make and still not do well. You know, like it's yeah. gonna be a big tournament. And like it's not like you're guaranteed to do well with like if you play the best deck, and you know I'd rather have a little fun, you know, at this tournament. It's it's sort of like I know it's like a long trip for me and everything, but I want to have fun. That's like why I'm playing a game. You know? Yeah. And I think I'll have more fun. I mean, you're way. you're sure to raise some eyebrows at the very least. I mean, I could be, and I could be like three and zero, you know, or something like that, just as easily as I could be zero and three, like. If I get some favorable matchups and some good draws, the deck is. I, and one thing I've learned is that it's sort of like affinity. I think that's like the closest, maybe well-known analog to it. You know, when you play, I don't know if you guys have ever played affinity. I never yeah. have, but I played against it a bunch. And you know, sometimes like the affinity player dumps their hand on turn one, and sometimes it's sort of like they play like a springleaf drum and pass. You know, and that's sort of like how my deck works. Sometimes I have nine power in play on turn one. Like I have the exact the, the nut draw is usually like a, a draw two, discard two with Root Walla, Vengevine, Street Wraith, and Hollow One. And that's a turn one uh Vengevine and Hollow One and Root Walla. Right? <laughs> um another time just sort of like just playing a flame blade adapt pass or playing a neonate and pass, and then it's turn two that that is where where I'm going for the for the, for the big cut, you know? So, um, it's, it's taken a lot. It's been, it's been fun to learn like the sequencing and that's, that's what I've been having the most fun with the deck is sort of like evaluating opening hands, messing with the mana base, 
which has been, you know, something that I've been thinking about a lot. Like, um, I just, I have two tropical islands and I think I actually only want one and I want an extra taiga because I need red mana more than I need tropical island. Um, which I put the extra tropical in there because I have wonder to give all my guys flying, but you know, it's <laughs> one wonder. It's only one wonder and I'll just fetch my island when I need it. You yeah, know, it's true. So it's, instead of like having a hand where it's like tropical island, basic forest and five red cards, you know? Yeah. Just happened, but it's it's fun. It it's been fun to explore, and I and I hope I I've been frantically testing it online since the tournaments in three days, <laughs> like squeezing in any matches I can just to like get some reps with it. But uh, you know maybe I'll do well, maybe I won't. But it's been it's been fun, and I I definitely you know any cost reduction is just such a bad idea. They just need to stop doing it. <laughs> yeah, we'll always find a way every time. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that's that's it for this week, guys. Uh, we talked about vintage. We talked about wh- what our picks were, and and uh, Nate and Phil are going to be at Worcester this weekend. Uh, you can help support the show at Patreon.com/EternalDurdles. Uh, that'll that'll go towards getting Nate out to uh, out to Worcester uh, and to play the Hollow One deck. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. You guys want to add anything, or am I am I on? Uh, I don't know if we lost Phil. No, I'm still here. Oh, you're still here. Oh, geez, yeah. you're just so quiet. Uh, oh, they should well, unban I mean, Frantic I was, I was listening to you talking about the mana base. I was just going to say the one thing that I think is the coolest part about the Hollow One deck, I, I like, you telling me that it's 500%, like, and how it can be swinging the same way that, like, Affinity can be swinging, means that I know I don't have uh, the, the balls to take it to a tournament, which is why I'm excited that you do. <laughs> but the one thing that you explained to me that I go, yeah, that's something that I've been trying to find with the decks that I've been playing, which is pretty much Miracles and Pile, is, like, your deck has something that can just do something fundamentally unfair. And that's something that all the decks that I have available to me at the moment that I've been playing don't do anything fundamentally unfair. And I think going into a tournament with a deck that can just steal wins because it can do something busted is a huge boon for any deck in Legacy. Yeah, it's a real Yeah, I wish I had... And it's it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's sweet, and I, like you're totally right. That's actually one of the reasons why I want to play it. Like, I've I've messed around with various dark depths decks. I was just sort of like, I play, I usually play mid range decks at tournaments like this, and I've just been tired of like being like the fairest deck in the room every time. And then like, I'm doing well, and I'm plotting along, and I'm getting my incremental advantages, and then someone just like dark depths me on turn three, and that's the end of my tournament, you know. Um, and in this case, like maybe the best example of this is I, I played against Dredge, and it's game three. I'm on the draw, and I had I had he won game one and I won game two, and I won game two by surgicaling his bridges. So his game three opener, which I don't know if he had this in game two, he goes Gemstone Mine, Silent Gravestone, Pass. Well, Silent Gravestone is all defense. My hand was all offense. I put out. I think I had two Venge Vines on turn one and like, that was it. Like even dredge couldn't catch up to me because they, like I had that thing that I could do. Like I, my defenses were totally down at that point because I only had uh, a couple surgicals and I had like Tormod's crypt. I have a Tormod's crypt and that's it for my graveyard defense. And I'm drawn to my one Tormod's crypt with that silent gravestone out. But because he, he like didn't have a busted opening and I did, I was able to steal that game on the draw, which I was not looking forward to having to play, you know? Yeah. So 
um, definitely like something that I, that I have considered Phil is just like, yes, I want to do something that I can just like what sometimes going to spew and be like, give me, just let me untap twice. <laughs> you know? And for the most part, like if, if anybody's brewing, like we were talking about brewing with Imperial recruiter, now that it's getting reprinted and all that good stuff, something to keep in mind when you're brewing, I'm, I sometimes forget is that unless there's a mechanic or a specific synergy that like makes your deck a deck, in my case, it would be like Miracles is a mechanic that gives you a whole control deck. Uh, or just like, I think that's the problem with Pile, is that Pile is still trying to figure that out. And that's why there's so many different uh, variants of builds, and there isn't a defined build, really. And I think when people are brewing, you should brew with something exactly like what you're doing, which is, this is something that could is going to be busted some percentage of the time. And over the course of a tournament, if that steals you you know, half a dozen wins, that's gigantic. Yeah. Well, I, I want to talk about, let's talk about that next week. I want to talk about the fair, unfair spectrum and legacy because, you know, like you mentioned miracles, like our mir- miracles aren't really fair. You know? No, but they're, they're, they and, cheat on mana. That's the one thing that they do that's unfair. But it's a, yeah. I, I was saying that like as a mechanic, it just, it, it says, here's a deck to build around this mechanic. Yeah. Right. Well, no, no, yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. What I'm saying is, yeah. like, what's the spectrum of fair versus unfair in this format? Like, is I stifle Wasteland you and have a three a three power flyer? Like, is that fair? Well, you know, it's fairer than uh, it's turn two and I'm flipping over every card in my library and you're dead. <laughs> but like, that's got its own that's got its own problems. I, I think that's something to to talk about when, when we get back because. Uh, I've been thinking about that a lot as I've been playing this deck. Like, is this a fair deck? Is this an unfair deck? Like, it's hard to tell. Sometimes I'm playing a one mana one two on turn one, <laughs> or worse, a one mana one one. You know. <laughs> right, and then other times you're just putting on twelve power. I was putting yeah. Then other times like there's there's uh, three you know mummies on the board, <laughs> or golems or whatever they are. I'll be hyped to have that conversation. I think that that's a a, a good one. There's a lot of meat to that type of conversation. Yeah. yeah. All right. Have a good night, guys. I know it's late on the East Coast. Yep. Have a good one. (laughs) Thanks, team. Later on. Where does he get those wonderful toys?